You're listening to We, we, we the Aether Podcast, with host Adam Evans, within and without. Welcome. Blake Bowman, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, always a pleasure to have you. And if, if anyone isn't familiar, Blake was on like a year ago, and I'll put the link to that in the notes on this episode and in the YouTube video in the description and everything. Um, but if people didn't catch that episode and if they're not familiar with what you already do, and again, I'll put, I'll put all your links down there as well in, in the description, but if they're not familiar, do you mind just introducing yourself, what you're involved with or what you do on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, man. I, uh, my name's Blake Bowman and I run two companies. One is called Gorilla Zen Fitness and the other one is Potentia Wellness. Gorilla Zen Fitness is, you know, an educational company. Basically, I offer coaching with me through there and a variety of different info or informational programs and products. And essentially what I do, Adam, as you know, is I help people improve their posture, joint mobility, flexibility, and, uh, you know, any kind of biomechanical stuff that they have going on muscle imbalances. That's really my background. And, uh, I also help people with just optimizing their health overall. Um, so like high level biohacking, supplementation, strategic use of herbs, um, stuff like that. I'm all about, you know, human optimization and improving our health and wellness, you know, to their, to their apex so that we can all function and perform at our best. And that's what I teach other people to do. And my kind of focus within that scope in the past has been corrective exercise, but I've since kind of broadened what I do and I help people in these other areas of their life now as well. Um, in my new company, Potentia Wellness, basically what that company is, is an organization that curates and formulates the best herbs and fungi into different formulations. Okay. <laughs> so like our first product is called the Zen Blend and it's a bunch of herbs and uh, medicinal mushrooms like reishi and cordyceps that help calm people down, it helps uh, people relax and it helps support the stress response. So that's something really exciting. We're launching in about five weeks and, uh, you know, that's like new territory for me, man. So super excited about that. Yeah. It sounds really exciting. So what sparked the interest in wanting to start potential wellness and wanting to actually get into like the supplement game, but it's not even really the supplement game because it's like a new sub niche of the supplement game, which is really revolved around like fungi, nootropics and, and, and herbs. It's almost like a natural supplement, natural. Medicine. Yeah. Yeah. So we're not putting that interest. Yeah. Yeah. Good question. Again, just to kind of build off of that, everything that we do is 100% natural. It's mostly herbs, either raw herbs or uh, dried herbs or herbal extracts. So, uh, yeah, we're not using any chemicals or any sweeteners or anything like that. Um, but, yeah, you know, what sparked my interest in, in these things, I've been interested in them, in these things for years, you know, um, adaptogens, medicinal mushrooms and things like that. And, uh, I've always, you know, for the past five years, I've, you know, been foraging for medicinal mushrooms, things like chaga and stuff like that, but I didn't quite know how to introduce my interest and passion for these things into my, you know, fitness brand, Gorilla Zen Fitness. So I kind of just like didn't, you know, up until now, I've just passionately pursued and educated myself in these, on these things. Um, but, uh, just kind of kept it confined to my personal life and, you know, I just really wanted to uh, stop that cycle and actually share, you know, what I know about herbalism with, you know, the rest of the world. And, uh, you know, 
I met a business partner who has a similar vision to me. So we were just like, let's do this. Let's start this. Let's bring out Zen blend. Zen blend is basically a herbal blend of, like I said, mushrooms and herbs that helps with it with like the stress response. It's all adaptogenic. And that's something that I've been um, making myself and drinking myself personally for like the last three years. So I basically just took the formula that I was mixing up at home and packaged it and, and bringing it to the marketplace that way. Well, now do you feel that corrective exercise, what you were initially doing prior to getting into potential, potential wellness, do you find that corrective exercise was just not sufficient enough to be an all-encompassing approach to optimizing one's lifestyle on a day-to-day basis? Because it seemed, at the beginning of this uh, discussion here, you, you mentioned that your goal is to really bring someone to that peak apex of a performance and just health and longevity. So you find that the corrective exercise was just one facet of that but you really needed to incorporate the supplementation and through that natural means you, you, you kind of goes hand in hand. Is that what your thought was? Yeah, man, a hundred percent. You know, I've always been somebody that subscribes to holistic health philosophy or thought. And that basically, you know, means that our health and what comprises it is multifactorial, right? It's not just about your diet. It's just not just about your exercise. It's not about, your sleep only. It's not about your relationships only. It's not about your spiritual practice only. It's about all of those things, right? And uh, what got me into corrective exercise was my own need for it. And I also recognized that other people had a need for it that wasn't being met. So I really honed in on that for a long period of time. But yeah, like you said, eventually, you know, I kind of just talked to exhaustion about these things. And I really educated people as much as I could. And now sticking with that holistic health kind of uh, philosophy, I want to start educating people and sharing, you know, what I know within these other realms, these other factors that go into health. Um, so yeah, to answer your question, you, you, I mean, you nailed it, man. It's like corrective exercise and optimizing, you know, posture, muscular balance, uh, you know, biomechanics, joint mobility and stuff like that. That's all great. And that's super needed by a lot of people, but it's not, it's just one piece of the puzzle. You know, and I want to, I want to address the entire puzzle for people. Mm -hmm. And on that note, do you see yourself in the future? I don't know if you've even experimented with this, but actually hosting even like, I know, I know you've had retreats and whatnot, but doing like meditations uh, or group meditations and kind of to address the the spiritual or even, I don't know if you'd say metaphysical aspect of someone's life, because you're kind of addressing the the physicality of them by giving them supplementation, helping with the movement therapy and the, and the corrective exercise and whatnot. But do you have any plans or foresee any integrations with that kind of metaphysical side, that spiritual side where people are, you know, gathering and doing chanting or ayahuasca ceremonies or meditation or whatever it may be? Because it seems like that's kind of the direction. I mean, that's the direction I could see you going in uh, just based on, you know, where you come from and and with potential wellness. So is that something you you would consider or or you have considered? Yeah, man. It's funny that you say that because I just partnered with my buddy, Victor, who was a former results coach for Tony Robbins. That's what he's been doing for like the last four years. And uh, he recently stepped down to, you know, start his own business. So he's not working for somebody else. He's doing the same kind of high level mindset coaching. Um, and uh, but he's just doing it on his own now. And basically him and I partnered together and we're creating something called the Mind Body Spirit Academy which really is kind of at the heart of what you just described here. It's going to be a group coaching program that helps people optimize their entire being on a mind, body, and spirit level. And, you know, obviously to address the spirit component and the mind component, meditation, Wim Hof breathing, herbs, 
all of that comes into play with this program. Uh, it's going to be a group coaching program with group calls and modules. And we're going to end it with a retreat at the end. That's going to be in person. That's going to kind of experientially wrap up all of the things that we teach our students about. Um, you know, we're going to wrap that up with an in-person experience where we get to put into practice together all the things that we learned throughout the academy. So uh -huh. yeah, that's really gonna, cool. When do you expect that to be coming to fruition? Uh, at the end of July. Oh, wow. Okay. We're going to wow. kind of build it as we go along. That's our, yeah. that's our uh, strategy with this. That's pretty clever too, because it's like, you don't have to have it all perfect right out the gate. I mean, you can just kind of go with the flow and, and I'm sure people will understand that as well. I mean, it's such a new, it's a new territory and like, it's a new industry in general. I don't see many people doing that. Uh, yeah. Like in the group therapy sense. I mean, I've spoken with some people on this podcast and they do it because they're therapists, but to, to do it like as an organization that gathers people together and these people may not have like the extreme like needs that, uh, you know, for in the in instance of me interviewing some of the therapist people, like they were dealing with schizophrenics and all sorts of stuff like that. Like I'm sure you wouldn't be taking those people on, but you'd want just people that want to improve their, their day-to-day -day lives. And they haven't quite reached, you know, the psychosis level yet, but yeah, you know, they just, before they get to the psychosis, they need to, deal with all their stuff and then hopefully they won't get to psychosis but exactly. i don't think there's many people doing that so it's really cool you partnered up with uh with someone that worked with tony robbins it's funny actually tony robbins nephew reached out to me on instagram and uh i messaged him back like set up an, an, an interview for me and tony and he's like um that's gonna be like next to impossible i was like well you said next to impossible so uh you know check back with me when you got something <laughs> got something going for it you just gotta put yourself in the uh you know, the emotional and mental state as though you've accomplished that, man. Got to manifest it. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, but, you know, building off of that retreat idea too, how we're going to end Mind, Body, Spirit Academy. Another thing that is, I think, really important and the reason why I started doing retreats last year is because, you know, educating people on the internet like what we do, Adam, is cool and all, but, you know, it's not the same as having in-person connection and that sense of community that comes out of that. And that's something that I really crave more of now that my life is increasingly more digital. And it, it's something that I know other people are craving too, as their lives become increasingly more digital. So that is really the, the heart of why we're ending the academy with that retreat is to really just like, you know, we want to create lifelong friendships and connections with people and we want to help facilitate that. Mm -hmm. That's a great way to do it. And I know what you mean about the digital stuff. Like it, it just doesn't really even compare and we're constantly on all these different devices and, and whatnot. Like we're engaging with people, but there's just that slight connection that seems to be missing in, in those interactions. And oh, I think yeah. it might, might have to do with like, I don't know if by me looking at, at the screen right now, talking to you, if we're having that exchange of bio photons that you would, if you're in person with someone, I'm thinking probably not. So yeah. like you get a lot of those benefits from just, just being with someone, being a, with another human being and just exchanging that. Just even if you just sat and stared into, into each other's eyes, there's actually a yeah. lot of um, group therapy practices where that's all they do. They just sit and stare for yeah. like five, 10 minutes at a time. There was a book um, by Arnold Patton. You can have it all. And you might actually be interested in it as well, but he has a whole bunch of different um, group kind of dynamic meditation exercises and stuff like that. And, and one of them is just like sitting and just staring into another conscious living human being's eyes and just experiencing yeah. that. And it's really transformative for a lot of people. I mean, I, I, a lot of people even break down and cry because it's just so outside the realm of their normal day-to-day -day experience in, in the world that we've, you know, 
been brought up in, especially with all this technological stuff. Like staring in someone's eyes is so obscure, but it's so common to like be staring at these screens all the time. So it's really weird how, how things have turned that like there's more people doing that than like looking at each other. That seems really strange. Hey, dude, that's so funny that you bring that up because I've been doing these, uh, you know, as I don't know if you know this, but I'm recently single again. And I, I have something on Facebook about that, but I didn't want to yeah. like ask you about it. You know? No, yeah, it's cool. The reason why I bring that up though is because I've been like studying like relationships and things like that, reading like books about, you know, stuff related to like social dynamics and things like that. And like one of these books like recommends this exercise where you like make eye contact with people, uh, like strangers, like when you're walking. And I've been trying to do this, man. It's amazing how the lengths that people will go to to avoid making eye contact with a stranger that they don't know. It's like everybody is so uncomfortable with this now um, that it's like almost impossible to do, man. Like I'll go to like the mall or like even the gym by me or anywhere social gathering where you would think it'd be somewhat normal and easy fairly to, you know, lock eyes with somebody just for a moment or smile at them or something like that. It's like not easy at all, man. People do not are not accustomed anymore to doing that. And uh, it's very strange to see to see the public's aversion to it. I think it speaks to uh, the fact that people are so isolated and stuck in these digital worlds nowadays that they don't know how to relate to people in the real world. Yeah, yeah, it's a great way to put it. And there's actually like this new emerging niche on YouTube. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's called ASMR, which is like, um, it's like to stimulate audio sense. I don't know what it stands for, but it's like basically to, I find to give people that human type interaction, but through digital mediums. So it's like, if you look up some videos, people are like, just like moving their fingers near the microphone, making yeah. sounds and like whispering into the mic. You know, it's yeah. like, they're doing all this stuff and it's like stimulating people to give them that real world experience, but through the digital screens and stuff. And it's really kind of trippy and weird because you yeah. get the same people and they go out and then like they're walking down the street and Blake looks at them. They're probably going to be like, Oh shit. Exactly. Uh, you know, yeah. trying to look away. It's really strange. And we got to be really careful with uh, replacing human interaction with technology, especially as we move into the day and age of AI and like sex robots and things like that. Like, yeah, get crazy out there, man. And uh, I think anybody with a discerning eye knows that that's not the direction that we really ultimately want humanity to move in. Yeah. But do you find that to be inevitable? Like, I, like we have individuals such as yourself that are creating, you know, these, these group dynamics where you actually want to get people physically there. But do you feel that it's like a tsunami of, of this technological wave? Do you find that it's just overwhelming and, and it's like it's going there regardless? Like there, there's I think most people, yeah, most people will enter into that world. Uh -huh. I don't think everybody will. Yeah. Do you think there's going to be like fringe dwellers that are just going to be like, you know, fuck that whole thing and go yeah. in the complete opposite direction? like a Mad Max situation where like people just scrap technology entirely. Like it'll get to that point yeah. which is so ridiculous that yeah. you have to unplug. Yeah. I've talked about this with my buddy, Brian Hardy, both he and I kind of believe that there's going to be like a schism, a separation of humanity. And like some people are going to step into that like new digital age more and they're just going to fully plug into the matrix and other people are going to see what's happening and go the opposite direction. So you're going to get like a division occurring. Yeah. That's going to be actually really interesting to see. And I think it's going to happen with like the emergence of VR and AR and all this stuff. Oh yeah. It happened way sooner than we think maybe. Right. 
going to happen way sooner than oh yeah we think it will yeah 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 even with like elon musk and Neuralink and all that stuff to like plug directly into the brain you know i've i've polled random people on that it seems like a lot of people would actually do it surprisingly like whenever i do an instagram vote or anything like that i I always think oh the majority are not going to be willing to plug in stuff to their brain it's like no they all seem to be fine with it yeah Uh, i don't i don't know why (laughs) it's like you said or what I, when you ask me if I think that people are going to move there, I think the majority of people will. The majority of people will opt for that. They'll get 5G phones. You know, they'll just like completely enter into the matrix. And, oh. you know, it's, yeah. just, it's just like the movie, man. It's like they're going to be people in the research on the 5G stuff. Like I've heard like varying opinions on the whole thing, but for the most part, like I understand it to be not that that much of a difference in internet speed, but it's mostly like a lot of people are going in the direction of saying it's full on mind control and that they're going to be like, it's like creating more of a hive mind. Do you find that that's, that's the direction of it? Like, I don't see actual improvements in internet speed from the, from the research I've done. It seems almost like completely pointless, which kind of put me in the direction of like, well then why are they doing it? If yeah. I mean, well, even if, even if it was faster, are people out there complaining about their speeds nowadays? Yeah. It's like, you know, it's like, I think we already have, you know, sufficient internet speeds. I mean, how fast do you need a freaking YouTube video to load? You know, are you, are you going to complain about the 0.5 seconds longer that it takes to download on 4G versus 5G? Yeah. So yeah, it makes me wonder too. It's like, what is the real reason to be rolling out this technology in such a broad sweeping fashion so rapidly, you know, globally? Yeah, and it seems to be like major cities that are implementing it first. Like, I mean, I know Toronto near close to me is they've got a whole bunch of towers going up. Yep. Yeah, it seems really strange. It's almost like they're pushing that need a little bit further, a little bit further, and then eventually gets to the point where it's like, like we were just saying, integrated into the brain entirely. Like your internet is just you. You are the in the internet. <laughs> yeah, that's the internet of things, man. And we are things. Yeah. You know? Well, we've started to become things like these mechanical things the way, you know, anyways. <laughs> it's funny that you talk about that because uh, I was just talking to my mentor about this yesterday and he says, he was telling me that like AI eventually, especially once it's powered by like super quantum computers and it can learn at an extremely accelerated rate versus where it's at now, it's going to be able to replicate human likeness to a fine degree of detail, um, which is really scary to think about. But the one thing that it'll never be able to replicate is the divinity or the, the spirit, whatever you want to call it, that human beings are blessed with. It's never going to be able to get that, you know? So that, I don't know. That's just something to consider that can't be replicated mm-hmm. by, through technology. I don't think. Yeah. And that'd be crazy if somehow it could. Like if somehow it could actually like to the point where it would house, it would be like a, like just this physical, because if we start to become so much like mechanical things that we create a mechanical thing and then we house consciousness within that mechanical thing. I mean, I don't we know. We are not mechanical things though. Like we're acting we're not, like mechanical it's, things. It's like by constantly integrating these technologies from 5G to Neuralink to like we're becoming more and yeah. more so mechanical with, yeah. as opposed to biological. So. Yeah. It's like that next step will then, and it's, not, it's probably going to go even steps to that, like all mechanical arms, mechanical legs, mechanical, you know, all, and then side of my face, you know, you see it in movies and stuff. And it's yeah. like, 
mechanical, and all of a sudden it's like, boom, full-on mechanical robot being consciousness downloaded into it, and we have half the population walking around as these half AI, half... It's not going to happen, dude. That's like the dream of the technologists and the futurists. That is the dream. That is the dream. Yeah. I'm not sure it was going to happen, but it would be crazy. I've seen it depicted in so many different things at this point. And yeah. I find the way that the movie and the media and all that stuff goes, they show us things, you know, decades in advance of before they're implemented. So it's, yeah, it's, it's predictive like, programming. Yeah. Yeah. And you saw it. You could even see that with like the, the 9-11 Twin Tower stuff. Like it, prior to that leading up to it, there was all these like things of towers blowing up like for years leading up to it. And there's a whole bunch of conspiracy theories around that, but it just wouldn't surprise me. And I think it wouldn't surprise me because it's already been shown to me so many times now. It's like, oh, there's that thing that we saw. So it's not that abstract anymore. And we just become so like comfortable with it. Yeah, it definitely, that's definitely the case for AI and, uh, you know, transhumanism is what I think they call that, where, you know, you're putting technology, you know, I mean, that's what Terminator is all about, the Matrix. You know, they're literally showing you what the future is going to entail and desensitizing desensitizing you to the dramatic differences between that reality and this reality. So when that reality comes, you just accept it because you've already seen it and been programmed to accept it. Yeah, desensitization. That is the word that I was thinking about. Yeah, very yep. true. Um, so I actually want to ask you something that... Um, it may be a little bit outside the realm of your experience, but you deal with a lot of people online because you have your YouTube channel and you have your Instagram. How many uh, YouTube subscribers do you have right now? Uh, I think right around 150,000. Okay. So do you have mostly men or mostly women or is it kind of a mix? Mostly men. Okay. And uh, this is what I want to ask you about because I just had Elliot Hulse on the other day and we were talking about masculine energy, feminine energy, and I don't know if you catch up, if you keep up to speed with his work, but he's really pushing hard on this like masculine men becoming men campaign. From your experience dealing with a lot of men from your subscriber base uh, and your client base, do you find that a lot of men are, in our, in our current time, very yin, not so much masculine, but very feminine in, the, in their ways, very, um, very like, and, and even going as far as being like timid or withdrawn? Um, and that, that leads into depression and loneliness, yeah. isolation. Do you find a lot of men are like that? They're not really asserting themselves in, their, in the world. They're not really being yang, that masculine, you know, penis into the, in the world type of assertion. They're kind yeah. of very, very held back and, and timid. Yeah, dude. Well, first of all, I've been trying to get Elliot to come on my podcast for forever. So you're going to have to hook me up with that referral or whatever, man. Um, yeah, a message after to give him a referral for uh, this like uh, sound healer as well. So I, it seems like Elliot's going in this interesting, like metaphysical direction. Yeah. So yeah. Like, well, yeah, I think you and I, we've always been fans of his work and he lost a lot of fans, you know, I guess recently through this transition, even though it, people that really, I think were fans of his work never really saw it. This is not really a transition. It's like, it's kind of like always what he stood for. Uh, but uh, yeah, I love what he's talking about nowadays, and uh, I agree with it 100%. And it, actually, this is an area that I've studied a lot of. Uh, I've studied David Data's work. Uh, he wrote The Way of Superior Man, and uh, he talks a lot. He talks a lot about uh, sexual polarity in there, and how men are their natural essence is to channel masculine energy, and you know, females are supposed to naturally channel, you know, feminine energy. And that's not always the case. Sometimes you get really feminine men. Sometimes you get really masculine women, and 
it's rare that somebody like a female will have 100% feminine energy and it's rare that a man will have 100% masculine energy. But typically men, you know, harbor masculine energy, females, uh, you know, harbor female or feminine energy as a whole, speaking in terms of humanity. Um, but yeah, I think that uh, what you're talking about is a very real thing that's happening on a physical, spiritual and mental plane, right? Physically, we're be being bombarded with synthetic female sex hormones from every angle, right? Plastics. We got phytoestrogens in our food from soy and things like that. Um, plastics are a big one. And other chemicals in the food supply, These there's a lot of these you know, chemicals are xenoestrogens. They function like estrogen and they have an effect of feminizing you, right? So when you consider that is so, you know, that's inundating everybody within the system. When you think about media talking about men and using terms like toxic masculinity and teaching men that it's bad to display masculine characteristics, um, when you start to consider like every area that men are under attack from, it's no wonder that the result of this is men moving away from their own masculine center and becoming more feminine. And you see the exact opposite happening in females, right? Because there has to be that polarity between the sexes, right? So if men as a whole are becoming more feminine, then women are going to be becoming more masculine and we're losing the polarity that we had between each other, right? We're becoming like the same. Yeah. Women are becoming more masculine men are becoming more feminine and there is no attraction between the sexes because we're all too alike nowadays. Right. So now that the ramifications of that losing of the sexual polarity, you can see that ripple out into myriad areas in life uh, and popular culture and business and politics and all sorts of stuff like that. And do you find that it's creating like a subservient society because it's like the men aren't, aren't really, like I was saying, asserting themselves, like standing up for themselves or, and, and what I covered with Elliot was like a lot of men aren't really doing goal settings and they don't have ambitions. They just kind of are so like, even if they are in married relationships and whatnot, I touched on that with him as well, but like they, they just let the wives kind of just take the reins of everything. Like they're no longer like rulers of, of their household or anything like that. And I think that's what's triggering for so many people that listen to Elliot's newer stuff is because they, they are like, oh, women can, can do it too, or, you know, the whole Me Too movement, but it's such a strong movement that it's like just setting men back so much and making them so timid. I find that it's just creating this, this totally subservient society to, to, I don't know if it's a government system, and it seems like it might be because, and I, I, that's where you get into like conspiracies and whatnot. Like, I, I feel like it's just making a bunch of people, like you were saying, like on the same level, but just a bunch of weak humans that will just like sheep, like sheeple. It's just making tons of sheeple go around. And it's like, we need more masculine energy, even though yeah. masculine energy has been so predominant over the past, you know, hundreds or thousands of years. It's like all of a sudden it took this dip and decline. Yeah. And it's yeah, I agree, man. I mean, we need more masculine energy. And I think a lot of the backlash out there and what people are labeling, labeling toxic masculinity is that shadow form of masculinity, right? It's like men that are acting real macho and tough and stuff like that and doing nefarious acts under the guise of being masculine. Uh, you know, there's not that many people out there doing that kind of thing, right? Your average man is a good dude, right? Your neighbor, your coworker. Um, but there are these isolated men operating out of this shadow complex. They're not fully integrated. You know, Elliot 
talks a lot about, and I know he was influenced a lot by this book, King Warrior, Magician Lover. I read that a couple of years back after hearing him talk about it. And that book breaks it down. He talked that book, the authors talk about male, uh, you know, psychological archetypes and how they develop. And oftentimes men will physically age, but they don't mentally uh, develop and age in accordance with their biological age. And you got these men walking around, you know, and, or you got these boys walking around in men's bodies displaying all these toxic masculine traits. And uh, then our society rebels against these people and says, this is bad. All masculine is bad, even though that's not even masculine in its full form. That's some sort of perverted dark side of, of the masculine, just like, you know, there's a perverted dark side of the feminine too. And they're both kind of coming to rise right now. And, you know, both sides are seeing both aspects of the, of these two opposing sides, you know, and, <laughs> and what, focusing on it. What do you think is going to be something that's going to help shift that, the direction of that? Do you think there's going to be anything, I mean, outside of what, what you're doing, obviously, potential wellness, having these conversations, creating content online, having group gatherings, but do you think that, do you think that that's, really going to make that big of a change i know there's lots of people doing what we're doing right now and having these conversations and i think that that's like really powerful but it yeah. just seems like it just seems like so many people are, are going in that direction and, and, yeah. and i say that because i even personal friends of mine i've grown up with them and i see them going in that direction like i knew them as boys i see them as men but i still see that boyishness to them that hasn't been washed away in time which is fine you can still be a child and whatnot and have childlike but to really be assertive and masculine, I feel like you kind of have to let that child die in a sense, and then step yeah, into this new version of yourself. And I feel like a lot of people just aren't letting go of that. And I don't know if it's because they don't want to, they don't want any onus to their own being, and they don't want any responsibility. But it's like, who else is going to be responsible for you if if you're not doing like, who else is going to make you exercise? Or, you know, yeah. I, I posted something on Instagram that was saying like. And I, and I post a lot on, on the VDB3 Instagram page saying it's like the decision is yours, the choice is yours. You are what you want to believe you you are. And a lot of people comment, they're like, well, that's that's fine and dandy, but, it's, but it really is the, one of the most important aspects of, of actualizing yourself is like having that self-belief, that self-confidence to then go out into the world and, and actually do it. And I find a lot of people are just not getting there. And if we have a society that, of people that are not self-actualized, it's almost like it's going to implode on itself. It just seems absolutely like crazy. Yeah, I agree, man. I think if humanity as a whole continues to move in that direction, it kind of goes hand in hand with the assimilation into the machine kind of thing that you were talking about earlier. And I don't think it's good. And uh, I think the only thing that we can do as individuals is live our lives as individuals and embody the values and the beliefs that we are talking about here and share them with others through our actions and our presence and lead by example, you know, as above, so below. I think that the change in the macro ripples out forth from changes in the micro you know so i think looking at what humanity and our society is doing as a whole and like fixating at it on it at that level i think that just is going to make you stressed out and anxious i think you just really we need to just do we just need to do what we are doing already adam me you and everybody else that you know has similar values and just keep doing us and keep being you know the best that we can be and keep working on ourselves, keep improving ourselves, keep setting goals and keep, you know, moving forward and progressing in life and doing the best that we can so that other people can see us and emulate our behavior. I'm not saying that we're perfect by any means. And 
I'm definitely not trying to imply that, but at least we're working on ourselves and we're working on, you know, overcoming obstacles and making the world a better place. And I think a lot of the issue with modern day people is they don't have good role models to emulate. And if you don't have that, you have no like framework, you have no software that you're operating with, right? And it doesn't matter what hardware you're given. If the software running the hardware is not optimal, then the hardware is useless, you know? Mm -hmm. So basically like just keep developing one's individual self and then like to become a role model for others to then give them that, that like yeah. at least a, a reference point of like, and again, not a perfect reference point, but at least something that they can strive for or work towards. Yeah, yeah, you can't change other people, but you can change yourself and you can inspire other people to change themselves. Mm -hmm. And on that note, what do you think is the main hang that people have when they, they, it's like they get the inspiration, but then they don't know what to do with it. So they're inspired, but they're, it's like, because the true meaning of inspired is like to actually then take action for your own self and your own life. But a lot of people, it's like they see something and this is very much like social media is doing this. They're inspired by it, but they don't take action. It's just like, they're like, oh, that person's doing it. That's good for them. It's like inspiring me, but I'm just going to sit here and. Yeah. I think a lot of that comes from self-limiting beliefs. You know, people will get inspired temporarily and inspiration never really lasts. Um, they get inspired, but what stops them from using that inspiration, uh, you know, what stops them from taking that inspiration and taking action on it are these limiting beliefs that people have about themselves. You know, I can't do it. I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. I don't have the money, whatever the hell it is. There's millions of things that people tell themselves, but I think that that is really the root of why you see people get inspired and then not take any action or know what they need to do and not take any action. Right. It's not information. Definitely not information. Right. With regards to health, you know, how many unhealthy obese people live in the United States? Right millions and it's not that these people don't know what they need to do to be healthier right the information's out there i mean it's fairly simple eat more vegetables exercise but it's the self-limiting beliefs and the traumas and all these things in their subconscious that you know stop them so it's really a lot of deep mental work that they need to do i think yeah and do you find that that would do you think that like psychedelics are a tool that could help people with that like fast track because otherwise i mean people could do meditation and or transcendental meditation it could take them years to come yeah. to realization that they you know need to make a little directional or course change in their life but do you find that psychedelics are a fast track way to do that and i ask this because uh psilocybin mushrooms were just legalized in denver i'm not sure if you're aware yeah uh, not legalized decriminalized sorry so i feel that things are going in that direction. I've also spoken with a lot of people on here about like psilocybin mushrooms and their therapeutic beneficial properties. Yeah. I personally have experienced like tra wonderful transformative things from, from using psychedelics. It didn't necessarily completely shift my perception because I'm already going in that direction in my sort of like non high waking state, whatever you want to call it. Um, but I do see it being a powerful, like, tool and resource to use. Did you find that from your experience? I've, have you even had much experience with psychedelics yourself? Yeah, I have. Um, I think that for some people it's, uh, it can be a profound thing. This is like what's weird about psychedelics is for some people they seem to catalyze this tremendous mental shift and shift in perspective that really enhances them. But I have a lot of friends that I've gone to music festivals and stuff like that with that are just, you know, abusing these things. And it's like, 
their life doesn't change in any measurable way at all, even after, you know, extreme use of these things. So yeah. it's like, I too. Yeah. yeah, I think it's like comes down to the personality of the person deciding to use them. I don't think it's good for everybody. I really don't. I think that, I mean, I know that some people, you know, like mushrooms can induce schizophrenia if they're already predisposed to it genetically. It can like bring about a schizo episode. And, uh, you know, so people like that wouldn't be good for it. And other people can seem to have these experiences and then they don't change at all either. So it's like, obviously, if there's no measurable impact on the actions of their life after the event, then you can't really say it's going to benefit them in any meaningful way. So it's, it's a weird thing, right? Some people it really helps. Some people, it doesn't seem to really help at all. And other people, it can, it can negatively influence them. Yeah, so like I think yeah, it's like, you know, the same with supplements or any kind of lifestyle intervention or health hack. You have to take a bio individualized approach. We're all unique. What works for somebody might not work for us and vice versa. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. So um, just to shift gears a bit, I wanted to ask you about your podcast because I know it's pretty new and uh, it was about six months. Is that? Yep. Okay. So why did you start your podcast and what is your intentions with it? Yeah, I basically just wanted to connect with more awesome people and have cool conversations like this, Adam. Um, and, you know, a lot of the people that I interview have like esoteric health knowledge to share with people. And that's really what the whole podcast is about. It's about bringing on health experts that have uncommon, you know, stuff to share with people. And I, I really like learning about things like that, stuff that's outside of the mainstream just, I guess my personality and, you know, my podcast kind of appeals to those people. So I don't get people on talking about like intermittent fasting or any of these kind of like basic things that, uh, you know, you can hear about or see 10,000 YouTube videos on. Um, I bring on experts that have very life-changing profound health information to share that is not stuff that you can read about in, you know, very easily on Google or see in a YouTube video. Mm -hmm. So what, like, just an example of one of your, your recent guests, what, what did they specialize in? Well, one of my guests was uh, Chris Story of Primal Alchemy UK. This dude is like, he lives in the UK. He runs an amazing supplement brand with all sorts, he like makes protein with all sorts of adaptogenic herbs in it and things like that. And it's all grass fed. It's like primo stuff. But he's also has a really interesting background. He was like the highest ranking Freemason in the world for his age. Okay. Um, <laughs> and he has like all this like weird esoteric, like crazy, like occult knowledge and, uh, all this knowledge from the uh, yoga. And, uh, he was just like saying all sorts of crazy stuff on my podcast, man. Like telling me about like doing a headstand on the wet earth in the morning while sun gazing so that your head is like connected to the earth that you're getting like grounding directly into your like crown chakra and you're like opening your like third eye for the light coming into your it's just like it was like crazy you know yeah, and yeah. uh but yeah that's the kind of stuff that uh you know some of my guests talk about other guests are like more traditional like doctors and things like that like uh, my friend dr nisha winters came on she's a big advocate for using the ketogenic diet as an adjunct therapy for cancer treatment so just people from all walks of life people coming on to share valuable information that you like i said you don't really hear all the time yeah, that sounds, oh, sounds really cool. That the headstand thing sounds really interesting. It seems like it, it could make sense. I'm all about grounding, 
I mean, what, what were your thoughts on that one when he said it? It's one of those yeah. things, like, you got to try it a few times. <laughs> I've been it. trying it. I've been trying it. Uh, okay. It feels great. I mean, just like a headstand feels great, being in the sun feels great. So it's like, and being grounded feels great. So if at the very least you're just combining those things, even if they don't really have a, you know, right. sort of logistic effect, it's still like pretty awesome to do. Yeah. We haven't yeah. been getting much sun, as I said. So I'll, I'll wait. And the second it, it peaks through the clouds, I'll get out yeah. there on my head and on a wet ground. <laughs> and yeah. it happen. I got the long hair too. So I'll just like have that going all into the grass and shit. Yeah. You can just like plug it in like Avatar. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Maybe dig a little hole and like put your head in there. <laughs> yeah, that's like uh, Avatar, right? They have the long, yeah. they plug it into the animals and shit. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm, that's why I'm growing it, really, to be honest, is I want to be Avatar. You want to jump on a horse's back and then, like, yeah. get your hair to mesh with the mane of the horse so yeah, you can yeah. control it with your nervous system? <laughs> yeah. That's where, that's, that's where I'm going, actually. Yeah. Adam, I want to let you know, bud. I got to go in like two minutes here, man. Just okay, to... no problem. Uh, I'll just want to wrap it up. One more quick question. Um, you're because you're you're basically self-employed you're an entrepreneur so what what would you suggest for people that want to get out of that like nine to five cubicle type of situation and be more free pursue their dreams this may be a i don't know if you can answer it shortly but um, i think it's something that you can attest to because you've been doing it for so long yeah i can answer that shortly find a mentor somebody that's done exactly what you want to do and then pay that person to teach you exactly what they did. And it's that simple. And then take action on everything that they teach you. You know, <laughs> like one of the first mentors I hired was a personal trainer who transitioned into an online fitness coach. And that's exactly the position that I found myself in. I was a personal trainer. I wanted to have an online business. So I hired that guy. He showed me exactly what I needed to do just by detailing the steps that he took. And I implemented everything that he showed me. And within a year, I sold my personal training studio and I was online. So hire a mentor. Find somebody that's done exactly what you want to do, has been where you are, and is where you want to be currently, and pay that person. Have them be your coach. Have them be your mentor. Have them show you exactly what you need to do to go from A to B and then take action on everything that they teach you. Cool. That's a solid advice. And uh, that's it for me. I, I'm, I think we covered quite a bit here. So thanks for yeah, taking this time. And I'll, again, I'll put all your links down in, in the description of this. And if anyone has any questions, they can just reach, reach out to you on anything. Did you have anything you wanted to plug before we hop off? Not really, man. Just uh, check out anybody who's listening to this that wants to try our new supplement blends. Go to PotentiaWellness.com. Potentia is spelled like potential, just without the L. Potentia wellness.com check us out there follow me on instagram gorilla zen and uh yeah man that's it all right cool thank you again and uh, i'm sure we'll talk soon yes thank you adam bye man <laughs>